Moments, memories, laughter, pain. It happened, we feel it, we experience it, and it's all part of our story. A conversation that changes everything, a circumstance that gives us perspective, beauty that takes our breath away. Life is happening now and things are moving forward. Our journey is being written and God is in our midst. And if we pay attention, we'll notice. When we trust, He inspires. When we surrender, He redeems failures. He plants vision. When we unite our efforts, we get to be a part of something beyond what we could ever imagine. God changes lives. He builds stories. And building stories is the reason we are here. Uh, I'm in a message group with all these pastors and other ministers, and they did a poll in the group, and they said, uh, what does the finished work of the cross mean for you? And then when the poll was over, they basically, I don't know what kind of data they used or whatever, but they, they compiled everything into an overlaying theme. And with the overlaying theme, based on the, the minister's opinion of what the finished work of the cross means to them, is it boiled down to its salvation and forgiveness of sin. So what does the finished work of the cross mean to most ministers and believers? And they boiled it down to its forgiveness of sin and its salvation or its heaven. It's the ability to go to heaven. And those are true things, of course, right? Our sins have been forgiven because of the work of the cross. and We now have the ability to go to heaven. And that's wonderful. But what about today? Are we saying that all the cross was about was just to forgive our sins and then get us to heaven? And then what do we do in the middle? Or was there something accomplished on the cross that matters like right now? And I'm not like here to get on any of them because we all gave our different answers. And some people spoke of uh, it gives us the ability, you know, grace. And there's all these kinds of things in there. But I'm just I'm just wondering if the message from churches is like, hey, the work of the cross was to get rid of your sin and one day bring you to heaven. Maybe it's ill equipped the church to do some things like here and now. Are you with me? The message of the cross and even that term, the finished work of the cross, actually gives us a message of, guess what? As people here and now, you're very equipped to do some things here and now because of the finished work of the cross. It's finished. You're capable. You're able because the plan was executed. Jesus said there, hung on the cross and said, what? It is finished. What is finished? It's the victory in Christ that we all get to walk in. Sins forgiven, we're near him. We are, are the, like I mentioned in communion, uh, our, our sins have been washed and, and we're washed in the blood. We've been made new. It's a finished work that matters for us like right here today. I had a really like just weird week. It was just a roller coaster. Um, it was like, it was like, I had these moments where I'm just like, I'm not like, I'm not, the capable is the wrong word, but like I'm not qualified for this week. Like I, I wore so many different hats. It would be like the morning was this. And then a couple hours later, I was over here being, being this guy because of the role. And then I was over here being this guy. And I just remember in my week, I was just like, I, like, I don't know if we're going to be able to do some of this stuff. Like I just, and you're having this wondering in your mind, like, I don't know if we're going to be able to do some of this. There's just all these obstacles and there's this roller coaster. And like, I just don't know if we're going to be able to do it. But then the, the Lord is just so speaking to you. He's like, speaking to me. He's like, like, what are you talking about? If we're going to be able to do it, I've already done it. Right. Like, we just got to wake up to the fact that part of our story is that our story is already done. Yeah. 
Our story has already been written. It's already finished. The finished work of the cross is that it is going to happen. It is going to work on our behalf. Are you with me? So we don't ask ourselves these questions of how am I going to do this? What we understand is that the finished work has already done it. How in the world can I forgive somebody? God's already given you all that you need to be able to forgive somebody. How in the world are we ever going to stop fighting in our marriage? God's already finished the work, and you can just step into the fact that you're going to be able to stop fighting in your marriage. How in the world are we ever going to fix these finances and clean up this situation and take any step? It's not up to you. It's already been finished by God. You just have to step in. Are you with me? And I'm, and I'm really downplaying that, obviously. I, it's, it, I'm making it sound like you just have to just step into it. Zing. Like you just get to. I realize there's a lot of process, and we'll talk about some of it. But it's in our mindset. It's in our thinking. It's not your burden to carry about how is this going to and how isn't that going to. The Lord, he's the author and finisher of our faith. And he's already done it. It's the finished work of the cross. He's made a way, the way maker. My kids, uh, my daughter, well, actually, it's, it's all my kids at this point. Uh, because the Lord says that, uh, some t- well, if we saw it in scripture, you get thorns in your side to buffet you. And, um, and, uh, and mine is kids' music that uh, Jojo Siwa, some of you <laughs> know about this. And, uh, and so my daughter sings Jojo Siwa all the time. And I'm not much of a singer, but I sing with my kids. Oh, I'm not a singer at all, but I sing with my kids. And, um, and so that Waymaker song, like, that should be an anthem for a generation. Like, we should pray. So, so I get sick of hearing Jojo Siwa. And so... so we, we, we come out of church, and the kids sing Waymaker, and so I'm in the car, and I just say, like, um, I'll be like, Waymaker, and then the kid's, like, just right behind me, Miracle Word, and they're hitting it, okay, and, and first of all, we all need to put that song on our house to the point that the kids know it, you know, yeah. it's sad when in your home, I, mean, I don't have time, but, <laughs> but, uh, but for us, what if your kids could understand that already? That he's way maker, promise keeper, miracle worker. He's all, what I'm already talking about. The finished work of the cross, kids, you need to understand. It's already working. Right. Never stop. You never, if they just know it, come in behind us and know it. Anyway, so with kids, uh, one of my pet peeves also with kids is, um, is, uh, is when they say something's not working and then they haven't tried. <laughs> Everybody who's got a young kid just mm, real good there. It's not working. It's not working. And then I have to come down there because their room is in the basement. I have to come down there and guess what? It's working just fine. You're just not trying. You're just not applying yourself. You're just not putting in what you need to put in in order to make that thing function properly. Are you with me? I wonder if it's the same thing with God. We go, God, it's it's not working. It's not going to work. How's it going to happen? Me, last week. How's it going to happen? It's not working. How's it going to? Guess what? He's way maker. Miracle work. But sometimes in that, what, what does he need us to do? We, we do what we're supposed to do. We try. We apply ourselves. God's already done it. It's a finished work. But what does it take? It takes us stepping in and participating. So I come down to a properly functioning thing that I've provided for my children. It's all there. It's a finished work. Are you with me? It's not working. No, it is. You have to step into it the way that you're assigned to. Are you with me is what I'm trying to say. 
It's the same thing in our life. God, it's not working. It's not working. And God's like, no, I provided it all. It's a finished work. I've set it all up in your life. You just have to step into and apply it the way that you're called to apply it. Amen. And it takes interacting with God. It takes our relationship, our connection. Zechariah 4, 6. I have a lot of scripture for you today just for us to get this single point kind of through our heads. Zechariah 4, 6 says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. It takes us partnering with the Holy Spirit, leading us, guiding us, prompting us, engaging us, connecting us. We have to have some level of spiritual life. (laughs) Is that making sense in church today? Otherwise, we're walking in the by our own might, by our own power, by our own thing that we're trying to accomplish it. And we're leaving God on the outside of it. He's already finished it. He's already accomplished it. Well, how do we get there? It's when we get in partnership with what the Holy Spirit is doing. We pray and we seek and we ask him. And are you with me? John 16, 7 says this. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Speaking of Jesus. For if I do not go away, the helper, which is the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. It is to our advantage that we partner and connect with and follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. Because you're not called to do it by might nor by power. None of us are good enough, smart enough, skilled enough. Are you with me? We need to rely and depend on the advantage that we have, which is what? The Holy Spirit. And so we need to make time and room and space for the Holy Spirit to speak to us and lead us and engage us. That's why we worship. That's why we pray. That's why we fast. That's why we show up to studies. That's, are you with me? Because it's doing what? It's not going to be by might and wit and intelligence and all this kind of, It's going to come by the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's why Ephesians 6.13 says this, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, the full thing. Load yourself up completely so that when the day of evil comes, oh, it's already coming, uh, but you will be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, the next verse says stand firm, and it goes into some more things. So after you've done all that you know how to do, stand and what? Keep standing. Why are we going to keep standing? Why are we going to load up on all of the, why, why is it saying put on all the armor, put on all the stuff, and then just keep standing? Well, keep standing. Why? Because the finished work of the cross is doing its thing. Don't quit. Don't back down. Just keep standing. Why? Because the finished work of the cross is doing a thing right now. And so you load yourself up and you partner with the Holy Spirit and you get yourself in position for what? For the finished work of the cross to do its thing in our life. But what do we do? We got to load up. We got to be ready. We got to be prepared. John 16, says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. I need to preach a sermon on peace here soon, one of these days. I've told you these things so that you may have peace in the, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I want to focus in on this part. It says this, in this world, you will have trouble. It didn't say might. It said you will. You're guaranteed to have trouble. No matter how good you're doing, no matter how many studies you go to, no matter how much you have memorized, no matter how much you amen, you're going to have trouble in life. But then it says this. It says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. What is he describing? A finished work of the cross that matters right now. That you can take heart, that you can have peace. Why? Because the finished work of the cross says, I've already overcome it all. Uh, I love this translation here of take heart. It says this, to be made encouraged or confident. It says, listen, in your life, you don't have to worry. How's it going to work? How's it going to happen? How's it going to? He's saying you should be encouraged and you should be confident. Take heart because I've already overcome it all. 
How am I going to figure out this season in my business? How am I going to figure out this season in my marriage? How am I going to figure out this relationship? How am I going to figure out this kind of thing? Take heart, be encouraged, have confidence. God's already overcome. He's already done it all. The finished work of the cross. It matters now. Amen. We just got to put ourselves in connection, in alignment. We got to follow the spirit in all of it. Not your opinion, not the neighbor's opinion, not the person who listens to you the most and just agrees with everything you say. No, we get into godly relationships and we listen to wise counsel and we, we put the, the people that are filled with the spirit into our lives. And we, are you with me? Following God and we say, okay, God, now we're going to take heart, be confident, be encouraged that Christ overcame it all. I love 1 John 5, 14. This is the Passion Translation. It says this, since we have this confidence, we can also have great boldness before him. For if we present any request agreeable to his will, he will hear us. Scripture is saying you can have a boldness before him that if you present any request agreeable to his will, he hears us. Uh, now, this agreeable to his will, meaning does it line up with Scripture? If we are coming to him in agreement and praying the Scripture and believing what, because the Lord's will is his word, and he's given up his word, he's saying you can walk in a boldness. You don't walk in with a wondering is it going to work? Is it going to happen? Can God do this? Does he want to? No, the scripture is already saying what God's will is. And his will lines perfectly up with, wait for it, the finished work of the cross. Because it's already been done. He's a way maker, a promise keeper, light in the darkness. He never stops. What does it matter? Working, right? And so what I'm trying to say is it's happening in our lives. We just got to be lined up with his word. We got to be lined up. Hebrews 12, 2 says this in the New King James. It says that we're looking unto Jesus, who's what? The author and finisher of our faith. We're not looking to a secular book. We're not, and I'm not saying you can't read a secular book. I'm just saying so many times we come into seasons and situations of our life and we turn to this self-help book and we turn to this person who's going to agree with us. You know what I'm saying when I talk about that. I'm talking about you pick up the phone and you call the one that's going to agree with you and pat you on the back and tell you how, instead of telling you probably what you actually need to hear, call me. <laughs> and, uh, and, and don't call me, actually. <laughs> yeah. But I'm talking about the right people. And so, this, and so the scripture is saying, where do we go? Where do we go? Where do we? It says you look unto Jesus, whether it be scripture or worship, but we go to the throne. Why? Because he's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the one telling our story. He's the one who put it all together before our day. So when we turn to him, he says, oh, yeah, what you're going to do here is because I'm the author and the finisher. I'm the navigator for you. And so we look unto him. Why? Because he's done the finished work on the cross. That's why the scripture says that his word, thy word, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What are we talking about? We're talking about how it's something that shows us direction. You parents know what I'm talking about. It's not fun to try to navigate the dark, right? You're going through the kid's room and it's the toys and it's the thing and the stuff the husband left out, Right. Why is it beneficial to use the word? Why? Because it lights up our path. It's directing us in the way of what? The way of the finished work that has been provided and placed for us. Amen. Hebrews 4.12 says this. It says, for the word of God is alive and active, meaning it matters. It should be participating in your life. It's not like a good book that you put on your shelf and say, oh, that was a good season in history. 
No, it's alive and it's active. And so we look to the scripture because it's sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It says this, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. If you have a wondering about something in life, let God's holy scripture divide your thoughts and attitudes. Again, don't run to the friend. And friends are fine. We, we, we believe in community and all that kind of stuff. But the first thing that we do is we go to the author and the finisher of the faith who's completed a finished work on the cross for us. Are you with me? And we say, okay, Lord, what are you leading me in? Not this, I don't think we can make it. There's too many obstacles. I don't know how we're going to pull this through. Instead, we go and say, Lord, divide my thoughts in my heart and help me see what you've already done for me. Are you with me? Romans chapter 8, verse 37 says this, In all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Are you able? you got to ask yourself, are you able? Yes, the scripture is saying you're more than able. You're more than conquerors through Christ. What is Christ? The Christ, speaking of the finished work on the cross, makes you what? More than able to do what God has assigned you to do. The New Living Translation says this, Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. It's getting you to see you're not just going to make it to the finish line. You're going to run up the score on the enemy. Yeah. Are you with me? And we just wonder, like, am I gonna, are we going to make it? Are we going to do this? Are we going to, I wonder if it's possible. And God is saying, no, through Christ and this finished work on the cross, it does a lot for us right here, right now. I love this. 1 Corinthians 10 in the message version says this. No test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others had to face. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down because there's a finished work that he's already done. He'll never, when? Never. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He'll always be there to help you come through it. So my dear friends, when you see people reducing God to something they can use or control, get out of their company as fast as you can. Why? Because when we say God is not the author and the finisher, I'm controlling the story. You've done a huge disservice to the finished work of the cross, haven't we? We say, no, 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 I'm not going to trust God fully and wholly that much. I'm going to control it and contain it to this you then become opposing what the work of the cross did. Amen. First John 5, 3 says this, Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. This whole we need to control the story and control our things because we're worried about extra. No, that's not God's heart for us. God's heart for us is he finished a work on the cross for us so that you can live free. Are you with me? I love this. Uh, Verse four of this says this, for every child of God defeats the, this evil in the world and we achieve this victory through our faith. So every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith. We've got to just use our faith. We have to just keep believing in what? That God did a finished work on the cross. He's our author and finisher and we will make it. Amen. I'll close with this. Some of you video gamers, uh, there was a game out when I grew up can't remember if it was PlayStation 1 or 2 or whatever it was. I'm almost done. Just give me like three more minutes. And, uh, and there was this game called Twisted Metal. And back in the day, they used to do cool things like let you use cheat codes. 
And so back in the day, you could get a cheat code in Twisted Metal, which you were like a car and you had missiles and all these things and you were trying to defeat these other cars. And you could get a, a, a code for infinite weapons, infinite turbo and invincibility. So meaning the enemy couldn't see you coming on the radar and you could get to your enemy with quick speed and efficiency. And when you got there, you were all loaded. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? That's the finished work of the cross. It's a cheat code of pretty much all those things. And can I tell you, when we got to that part of the game and you could put in your cheat code, I mean, you know, the confidence that I walked in at that part, are you with me? Because you were, and I'm telling you, I didn't wonder, are we gonna defeat this guy? I had invincibility and I had unlimited ammo and I could get there with speed. Some of you remember the code probably if you were those gamers, but I'm just trying to tell you when you have this understanding of the finished work of the cross and what God did in your life, yeah, you're gonna have the days just like I did this week going, I don't know if we can, I don't know if we can do this. I'm not talking about quitting ministry or anything. I'm just saying things that were just coming up and that we faced and that we connected with and all these stories that came into our life. Like, I don't know if we're gonna be able to, you know, kind of get through some of these things with, with some situations. Wait a minute, we, like the finished work of the cross, that's the cheat code, we're overcomers, right? My son told this story before, it's my last story. Uh, but my son, he's almost five, he'll be five in April, and he loves to fight. And he's a wrestler, I think like all the kids probably his age do. And, um, and I love to wrestle him too, he just, we're, we fight. And, uh, and so one of the things that he likes to do in our basement, we have this couch, and I'll get on the floor and he'll jump off the couch, I'll catch him. I'll chuck him back on the couch, you know, and he loves it. And he's, and uh, same thing like in our bedroom, uh, he'll be on the bed and, and, uh, and we'll be wrestling. I'll throw him. I know all these WWE moves, you know, so I'm hitting him with all these finishing moves and he's loving it. And, uh, and so there's these times where there's apprehension when he's coming at me because he doesn't know if I'm going to catch him and turn it into a move or am I going to, you know, and so he kind of comes at me like trying to do his thing. But then there's these other times where I've been defeated. He's knocked me off the bed or he's put a pillow on top of me and I'm playing, uh, I'm, I'm and, and he's actually violent. I was telling my dad last night who babysat, uh, I said like in a year, this is gonna be painful and a problem. <laughs> but when I'm down, when I'm defeated, when I'm bound, like sometimes he'll put a blanket over me, he'll like wrap me up in a blanket and I'll be, oh, I'm stuck. And he'll climb up on that couch and he's Jimmy Superfly Snooker. He's ready to just, he's so confident. When I'm, when I'm bound, when I've been defeated, boy, that kid is confident. He'll come off of that couch or he'll jump off the bed or he'll jump off the shed onto me. And uh, somebody's like, is that for real? It's the swing set, but same thing. Why? Because he's looking down and he knows the adversary has been what? Bound, defeated disarmed and so he's all calm no hesitation i'm saying we as believers need to understand that our story is one of the finished work of the cross which is what defeated the enemy bound the enemy disarmed the enemy you ought to walk through life with so much confidence that he's already been defeated you can throw the elbow on the enemy